Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I'm here with Stefan. He's a business owner in College Station. Um, he also is my discipler. So for people that aren't Christian, uh, what a discipler it looks like or a teacher is just someone that leads you into righteousness in your daily pursuits. And even you've mentored me in business a lot. Um, but just welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bailey. It's fun to be here and uh, fun to be a part of what you're doing. It's our and our conversations are never lacking. <laughs> yeah, man, you are. You have great questions. You are always thinking outside the box and always really digging deep for truth. And anybody, you get two people that love to dig deep for truth together. Yeah. They start talking. It's going to be good. They're going to start mining out what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing, and hopefully encouraging one another, sharpening one another. Yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, this this podcast is about, like, will God bless my business? Is it like a guarantee, or is it just kind of, or, you know, does God even care about my business pursuits? Um, but first, I, I just want to ask, like, what has been on your heart lately? I know you've been doing some fasts recently. There's been a lot of changes in your company. Like, what has life been like? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> In this day and age, it's hard to be single focused on mm. one thing. I feel like because of the digital world, because of our uh, hyper-connected world, we're always involved in multiple spheres and multiple uh, storylines, if you will, of what God's doing mm. um, in, in families and friends and communities and the nation and your sphere of influence. Um, so... I personally feel like I've, I've been in a season of just contending for God's purposes in the nation and for the church in the nation, mm. which is not my main focus. I feel like my assignment, I feel like my assignment is mostly in the business world, how to bring the kingdom in that place, how to make disciples in the workplace, how to uh, push the boundaries of what it looks like to walk with God in the marketplace. But the, this last uh, little season has really been focused on God. You've called a sovereign moment mm. in time, in history for your people to seek your face and humble themselves so that the heavens can be opened and the will of God can be done. And maybe the mercy of God can be poured out in a place that is undeserving uh, or, or that it wouldn't have been offered freely. Mm. Um, so just praying that for our nation, praying that for the church. This is such a delicate hour. Sure. Um, and just contending for God to uh, stir us up to love and good works, to um, overturn like systematic injustice, systematic things that, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, that, that contend against his natural law um, and, and bring judgment on, on a nation and on a people. And so... Just that's kind of what the last season has been about. And in the midst of that season, God has been pouring out blessing on my business, but totally separately. And so like we just finished a like season of fasting and praying and immediately I felt like released to again, pray for God, bring your kingdom in the workplace. And I'm like, oh, this is home base for me. <laughs> what I've been doing was a little bit off the norm, but as a sovereign moment, I wanted to respond to God. Yeah. So on that topic of this current season of 
coronavirus, political mess, uh, just uncertainty yeah. in general, just what the heck is going on in society. Do you feel like it's been overall for you personally, I don't want you to speak on behalf of the entire global body, but uh, like for you personally, have you, have you felt like it's been fruitful? Yes. Uh, fruitful in the sense that I feel like God is acknowledging that I'm hearing what you're saying mm. and I'm pleased or, or I, I, I've received that prayer. Uh, like Book of Daniel, Daniel interprets in the scriptures, hey, it's time to press in for something. And he begins to pray and sets his face to pray. And it says he prayed for 21 days and then an angel shows up and he says, Daniel, I came the first day you began to pray but I was resisted hmm. and, but now I'm here 21 days later. And it was this, this interesting distant distance between when God initiates something in our heart, when we respond to him and when the actualization of our prayers comes to fruition. And so some of those moments where, um, God just kind of showed a sign and it was like, Hey, I see what you're praying for. I, I respond. I hear it's made it to the bowls in heaven. Well done. Mm. So there's been a couple of those moments. Um, as far as seeing things in the nation, man, I'm just a small guy. I can't, <laughs> I can't interpret what this and that means really from, from a global scale or national scale. Um, the, I've been super encouraged to see the body of Christ as a whole say, the answer is to humble ourselves. People saying Second Chronicles seven fourteen, everywhere. If my mm. people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will repent, will seek my face and turn from their evil ways, I will turn. I'll bless them, and I'll heal their land. And I think so many people have gathered around that cry. I haven't seen that. Uh, I've been kind of paying attention for ten, fifteen years, twenty years on the that kind of. Uh, narrative uh with the the church as a whole in the country i haven't seen that focus that much unity mm. behind that prayer and mm. so that's been super encouraging to me and i'm like man lord <laughs> that's more than i've ever seen i'm excited for what you have next in response to that yeah it definitely seems like in, in texas and more specifically in college station where, where we're at seems like people or the church at least and, and even you know christian christmas christian business owners are have woken up from this like sleep that we've been in this like routine this oh everything's golden everything's great and uh we're just going through the routine and it's this new reliance on god and like okay have we been doing everything right like have we been walking in purpose have we been settling you know for less than god calls us to yeah. um so like you know transitioning into your personal business a little bit is like what has that looked like for you i know y'all have seen some growth but at the same time i'm sure there's been some questions as well throughout this time yeah i mean when growth is one thing and then like going to a, another level of operation is different i feel like as, as a young business we've moved to a new level of operating and so it's not just that we have more of the same customer or more of the same type of service. 
and we just need to meet demand. It's like we're playing at a new level. We went from like low, low minor leagues to like mm. the next level up. Sure. And we're like, whoa, they're throwing pitches a lot faster. <laughs> These guys can really run. There's a lot more athleticism in the market. Mm. The demands from us from a strategy standpoint are higher. And so we've had an abundance of opportunity. Um, you know, something on the left looks interesting. Something on the right looks interesting. This person saying, I'm, I'm making a space for you. This person saying, we're making a space for you. And we're trying to say, okay, we have 10 opportunities. We can only walk through three. What are we going to do? And we don't know which of these is going to pan out. And we don't know how we need to position ourselves from a staff standpoint, from a uh, messaging and branding standpoint. How do we prepare ourselves for any of these opportunities? Um, so that's for me when that happens, I'm like, okay, Lord, I all, I've always felt underqualified <laughs> for what God has put yeah. in front of me. Um, which in some ways I'm thankful for because it teaches us to rely on him and not us and helps me not take things too seriously. Because if I think sure. I, I built it from the first <laughs> right. three steps and now step four is requiring more of me, I'm like, okay, if I, you know, fail, I've just messed up and I'm a goner. Uh, knowing that I didn't build it from the beginning takes a huge load off and knowing right. that I'm walking with the father and that he is the one who uh, exalts us and, and lowers us when it's the right time. You know, considering all that, saying, okay, my responsibility right now is to pray, seek the Lord. And I really feel he's inviting me to spend more time pressing into him rather than pressing into the details of the business, um, which is hard because it's super exciting. It's sure. super fun. And to turn off the business brain, to disconnect and say, okay, Lord, you are the one whom wisdom comes from. I need wisdom for mm -hmm. this next stage. I don't just need a, an opportunity or a good deal. I need wisdom so that we can continue to be a fruitful company in, and from a kingdom perspective, not just a financial mm. perspective in the short term or whatever. Mm. Let's talk about the applicable mechanisms there. Do you feel like that reliance on God uh, and, and spending more time focused on him versus business daily operations, focusing on the future of what this process looks like or this deal looks like do you feel like that has made the no's easier saying no to certain deals certain opportunities that may look good but ultimately may not be right for the company i think so um i came home super stressed the other day looking at a situation that was not going the way I wanted it to. We had invested a lot in, in a certain opportunity and it just wasn't panning out. Um, and so I'm looking at that, that, uh, quote unquote failure. And in my heart, I'm stressed out. I'm like, Lord, what do I do next? I don't know what to do. I want to do these three things and none of them are working. Yeah. Uh, so I go home, I talk to my wife about it. She talks me off the cliff. And she's like, I think you just should probably spend some time worshiping and just connecting and hearing what God has to say on it. Sure. And she quoted some Bill Johnson at me and I was like, oh, oh, yes, yes, okay. And, you know, spent 10, 15 minutes just in the presence of the Lord and I felt like so much peace came on my heart and just could say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you with this situation. You know, 
you know that I know that you know. <laughs> I know that you know that I know that I've given it to you. Right. And I'm going to just let it be. I'm going to be at peace with the unsettled nature of that issue. Mm. And I'm going to trust that you're going to bring a solution in the right timing. So that type of thing where you have to say no to something or you look at a terrible situation, a failing situation and say, I'm just going to leave it in the grace yeah. of God. Yeah. I'm going to not let this beset me or, you know, speak against my identity in Christ or identity as a leader or my position in, in my company. I'm going to leave it in the grace of God and I'm going to continue to do the small faithful things that I know I need to do tomorrow. Right. And, and that, that like wisdom in specifically like letting go seems to be a more aligned with the purpose of entrepreneurship to begin with, because like for the general entrepreneur, really they just want a better life for themselves and their family. They want to do something they love. Yep. And you really need peace for that. Like it's really, that's the pursuit. It's the pursuit of peace. It's like, Hey, can I just like sit down for a second and not worry about finances? Can I sit down for a second and like say, Hey, I, I could help you this way. Like being able to be generous and, and whatnot. It's like, and I think a lot of times we, we forget that that's why we got into it and to begin with. And we get obsessed with the grind. We get obsessed yeah. with what's next. What's the new thing. And we forget, Oh, the whole reason I did this is to bring more peace to my life, to bring more freedom, to bring more abundance, not to suck dry everything, every last effort I have and then wake up one day, 10 years later and I don't know how to relax anymore. You know, yeah. I don't know how to just yeah. sit and, and be okay with where I'm at currently. It's always, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Man, we can set that goal. We can so easily set an end state that we want to achieve. Mm. And we think that that end state is going to bring us something. I mean, I've got a four-month-old right now. And she sees a like can of Waterloo, like sparkling water in my hand. And she's like... Oh my gosh, I need that. <laughs> that is what I need. And I give it to her. I let her touch the can and it's cold and she like tries to lick it and stuff. And then she starts crying because her hands are cold and because right. her mouth is cold. And it wasn't what she thought it would be. Mm. So often the the dreams that we dream, the, that end state is not exactly what we are thinking it's going to be. And the Lord knows that and he protects us from that thing. Like, yeah. The, the nature of the kingdom is that it's now like uh, one of the, the uh, a New Testament writer, I don't know exactly where this is, I think it's in Romans, says this is the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You don't need, that's non-circumstantial. You can be in prison, you can be in the penthouse, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a now thing. It's a mm -hmm. moment thing. And mm -hmm. so we find our... our real fellowship and, and the presence of God in the present. And if we're always glorifying the end state, we're going to deprive ourselves of that nourishment, that abiding nourishment for so long until we think we can yeah. release ourselves to, uh, you know, enjoy it. It's a, it's a trap really. It's, it's that four month old saying, mm -hmm. I want that thing. And it turns out to not serve them. Mm. So, so something I've seen that's very interesting that you do, that's very unique is you've surrounded yourself in the workplace with other believers, with other people who have the same uh, 
eternal goals as you, right? To honor one another, to live life in brotherhood, to uh, something deeper and, and more significant than a dollar, right? Yeah. For one, what led you to making that decision and what have you seen as far as the blessings on your business itself from that decision? Yeah. Well, so, you know, we have the dreams and we don't always think they're going to, we don't always get the thing where you think we're going to get out of them, but the Lord puts those desires in our heart for something. He puts desires that don't get met just in, 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 you know, kind of pulling back from reality and just soaking in the present, you know, like there are some things that he really writes on our hearts that we seek for and we, we long for, we ask and we petition him for, right. and we wait patiently. And one of those things for me was, God, I just desire to do more life with the, the uh, family of God. I'm not satisfied with Sunday mornings, right? Wednesday evenings, and then like a couple prayer meetings and then, you know, <laughs> hanging out sometimes. That's just, it wasn't the type of life, I, that type of community that I feel like I naturally uh, jived with. I was like, man, I need to work with people shoulder to shoulder in the grind, in the daily, in the small things where we step on each other's toes, we hurt each other's feelings, we get mad and we can, you know, have to work out that real relationship, repent, confess our sins, humble ourselves mm. before one another, um, apologize, you know, all that stuff. Like that's the, the meat of relationship that I was wanting. And I also had a desire, Lord, I want to create job opportunities for people that are, cause I see my friends, I see my family and I'm like, man, you look dissatisfied where you're at. You're not enjoying where you're at. I see your potential and your skill set, and I want to see that developed. Not everybody has that vision, but I, I have that vision for people. I want to see that skill set developed. How can I create an environment to help you develop that skill? And mm -hmm. so that was something where, where I was always churning on. Um, and so that kind of laid the, the, the groundwork for how in the early days of this company, I, I've set up uh, you know, our, our employee culture to where that type of environment where we're super supportive, we're super engaged with one another, we're really uh, intentional to like guard our hearts and, and make sure, hey, am I feeling frustrated with this person? Am I feeling dissatisfied with life? Am I, am I frustrated about the money I'm not making or is this project really getting to me? We're open and vocal about those things. I'm not trying to create codependency or anything, but I am trying to engage and say, hey, let's watch our hearts because from them the wellsprings of life come forth and i think if we take care of those things it's going to translate to better business for our customers sure so that's yeah that's you touch on desire a little bit and this like idea of like wrestling with this like uh, you know maybe some desire that can only be fulfilled in the age to come or as some believers know as is heaven this this eternal realm right this eternal place that that we're going to exist as believers and it's like yeah i think a lot of the times especially in the believer's mind but even in, in anybody's mind we kind of see our own desires sometimes as like wrong or uh or god doesn't care about them he doesn't want to know about them so when you're talking about your overall business desires is 
you know, is making those things known to God and wrestling with him on those things, is that a bad thing? Or, or is, is that what we should be doing? Just, you know, I, I've, I recently heard this thing about real relationships come from this like friction of making desires known. And it's not necessarily always, um, uh, always, what's the word? Uh, compromise. It's not always compromise. Yeah. But a lot of times it's, col- it's like, collaboration it's Mm. are you willing to cooperate with the will of god knowing that you've already made your will known and has he confirmed part of it has he not or has he confirmed it fully he's like hey you're gonna make it to this goal but actually let's go this direction with it yeah like is that you know is that been your experience do you think more people should go about it that way yeah i mean the American like mentality is pull yourself up by your bootstraps, set your goal, work hard and achieve your goal. Anything is possible. That's like the American mindset. It's a, it, there are kingdom qualities about it. There's a hopefulness. There's a glass half full mm. mentality. And that's like, that has roots in the kingdom, but there are parts of that that are totally counter Christ, which are, your potential for uh, gratifying the desires of your heart are in the strength of your hand. And like when God was right. was releasing the curses on, on Adam and Eve and saying, hey, because you chose sin, this is what it's going to look like. He said that man is going to work by the sweat of his brow and like the, his temptation is going to be to survive by the strength of his hand mm-hmm. rather than to rely on God. And so once someone comes under the authority of God and, and the truth and says, wow, I am a sinner. I'm, I'm not walking with God. I am going to face judgment. I, wanna, I don't want that judgment. I see that Jesus has literally paid the penalty of death and suffering that I deserved. I'm going to receive that. In exchange, I'm going to lay my life. I'm going to be buried with him so that I can be raised with him and live his life. Mm. Well, he lived his life in submission to the father. It was the father and it was the authority dynamic uh, that, that released Jesus into the things that were on his heart. So we kind of have a good picture of that in like John 16, 17, a high priestly prayer. Jesus is saying, Father, I desire, he's, he's making his desire known to God. I desire that those whom you've given me, you know, with the 12 around him, that they would be with me where I am and see the glory that you've given me from before the world was. That's my desire. I'm giving it to you. And the father is going to answer that prayer. Jesus is waiting. He says, I don't know the day or the hour. Only the father knows. And so he gave his desire. He owned his desire. It was a righteous desire. There are fleshly desires that we have to put to death because they're with the old man and not the new man. So there's, there's a part of maturity where we have to search out our feelings and say, Lord, speak your word to me. Divide the flesh from the spirit in this matter and let the spirit come to life and let me live from that place. So I'm going to give this good desire to you And then I'm going to trust you to fulfill it. Obviously, Jesus' desire was only partially fulfilled in this age. 
This is the Holy Spirit, which was that dynamic power, like the, the Spirit of God that became in us, that was in him and gave us this depth of relationship. Jesus said, it's better that I go away so that you have the Holy Spirit. We'll be closer mm. than if we were like this, but it's still not the fullness of, of what will come when he returns and redeems all things. So we, with that picture, we can see that God gave us some then. God gave Jesus some of that relationship then with his 12 after he ascended and they had the Holy Spirit and there was that abiding relationship, but it wasn't the fullness until he returns. And so just in that same, with that same pattern, I look at my life and I say, okay, God, there are desires that I've tested and I'm still testing. Is this the spirit of the flesh? I'm giving them to you, but I'm trusting. I'm, I'm taking my foot off the gas, taking my hand off the wheel of this desire and saying, I want the way that you would give it to me. I think in, in this age, I think we'll all experience partial fulfillment of those desires of our hearts and fullness in the age to come. But I think those partial fulfillments are so important because it builds a history of faithfulness with God. Mm. Like that we understand that he's faithful and we experience and encounter his love and his fatherhood over our lives. So yes, it's important to own that desire, but it's also crucial as a believer, as somebody who is living from this new life in Christ to release that desire to the father under his authority mm. and even under the authority structures that he's put us under. Sometimes we can get frustrated at our parents, frustrated at our boss, frustrated at our church because there are authority structures that are the government because there are authority structures that can and, and have power to affect our access to things. We can get frustrated. Jesus was withheld from his desire by his own parents when he was, you know, in Jerusalem, he stayed there when his family was going back and he was in the temple. He's like, I'm about my father's business. I'm doing my work. This is my assignment and my yeah. destiny. He was hundred percent right. And his parents said, it's not time. He laid down his fully righteous desire under a fallen, weak authority structure, but anointed and set there by God. Hmm. So, I think also we have to recognize that. So how do we like discern if we're going the right direction in a creative venture or uh, like a podcast or photography or something like that or in our own business and companies? Like how do we discern that we're doing the right thing, that we're in the right place, we're in the right niche, like whatever. I know your company has done pivots and changes and and I've learned that on this podcast, uh, you know, over the, the years of doing podcast I, I realized like my it, it went back to that desire thing my desires were set in the wrong place like mm. they were going to get me what I wanted but I realized what I wanted wasn't going to satisfy me yeah the way that God knows his ways would have mm. and which was a big wake-up call because I was like but God like this person this person this person like this following this thing you know, th those are what I've always wanted. That's what I always thought I wanted. Yeah. And just like this moment of like reconciliation of like, yeah, but you're going to, you will choose less than. Mm. You will choose less than if you don't listen to me. And it's like, do I want less than? Mm -hmm. Do I want less than everything that it could have out of this existence? Because really, I mean, we put our hope in 
Jesus returning and and keeping his word to do that and restoring all of creation. That's where our hope is. But like all we currently know is what we have right here and to steward this yeah. life, right? Yeah. And so like, man, this life matters and the direction we walk in matters. Yes, it does. And so if I'm in a business and I wake up one morning, I'm like, I don't know. Like, do I pivot or how do I discern whether I should just buckle down and put my nose to the uh, brimstone, as you referred to a few weeks ago, or like do something else? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, this reminds me of the story of Joseph's, uh, uh, Joseph Old Testament, like Genesis, mm, end yeah. of Genesis, Joseph. Um, something that I've been, I felt like the Lord's highlighted for me to understand this story and to receive like the, the, the truths in it. Cause I need them as somebody on the marketplace journey. Joseph is on that marketplace journey. Uh, and it's not just a, I want to be successful. He had a dream. Mm. He had two dreams. He had a confirmation from God mm. that he would be the chief in his household, mm. that his, 11 brothers that his father and mother would bow down to him. And he knew from a teenager that that was his destiny. And most of us don't have that kind of assurance, but some of us do. Some of us have had those moments where we felt like something was just right, or God spoke to us through the word. And we just, we just knew that this thing was, was for us or being a missionary or being in, in the marketplace or, serving the kingdom in this particular way or being in the entertainment industry, whatever it is, or we've gotten prophetic words from people and at confirmation after confirmation dreams, whatever we have those confirming moments. Joseph could never have imagined the circumstance in which those dreams would be fulfilled. Mm. God knew. And what Joseph didn't know is that his dream was about Jesus his dream was about something, a story so much bigger. It was about the, the protection of, of Israel as a, as a bloodline. It was about the Messiah. It was about the storyline of, of the end of the age of what, who Jesus is as a Messiah, as King, um, as judge, like it was about so much more. And he was thinking, I'm going to run the farm, <laughs> you know, I'm going to run yeah. our little com community in the city. Uh, and, he goes through this crazy journey of garnering hatred from his brothers, getting put into slavery, rising to excellence. Mm. He already had the favor of his father when he was in the, in the house. So he, he had favor in the, in both places. Then he ends up unjustly in prison. And then eventually he is the most powerful person on the planet. Literally the most powerful person in the world. Um, from these, this crazy journey. And right. I feel like what God is speaking to me and what would he would say to, to anybody interested in that, that question that you asked of how do I know this thing is right? Or what do I do? Do I pivot? Do I not pivot? Joseph's response to his circumstance, to not judge the Lord, to not say, God, you're against me or my circumstances have failed me. So to grow in that area of maturity and then to stay faithful in every place that he went. When he was in prison, he was put over all of the prisoners. Like 
he immediately rose into this place. And so you'll naturally find yourself in life as you go through and you exercise your giftings, you'll find these repeating patterns over time Mm. and learn from those things, learn from the failures, learn from the successes, things that felt good and didn't feel good and, and kind of hone in and say, okay, I think I'm really tracking with where some of my gifting is, but just know that the place where that's fully going to be fulfilled could be totally different than what you're imagining right now. And we have to trust Mm. God. And so be faithful, do things to the end, try Like for me, I want to be on a 30, 40, 50 year journey towards the destiny or, or full assignment that God has given me. Yeah. So what's happening with my business now is not the end all be all. If this crashes and burns 100% because of my mistakes or because of no fault of my own, it doesn't change the fact that God has prepared me for something in this age and also in the age to come. Yeah. He who is faithful with little, come in, I'll set you over much. Yeah. You, you bring up a good story or a good point on the uh, this like cycle, these uh, patterns that you see in the scriptures that ultimately are are pointing towards Jesus and the end of the age and and into this like complete victory, this ultimate victory. And so I think maybe we're too self-centered because we're like, okay, what do I need to do? What am I, like, am I in the right thing? Am I in the right place? Instead of maybe shifting our perspective from we're player one to where we're player whatever, like there's no number to it because we're just one of many. And so I think if we changed our perspective a little bit and we said, okay, like this isn't about my business succeeding. This isn't about me making money. This isn't about me getting security from my family, but this is about me positioning my life in light that Jesus, the God of Israel is the center, the player one of the story. Yeah. And we are but entering into that story and taking part in this thing. We're not writing our future. We're not, uh, we're not conducting or, 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 uh, directing but we are a but a, a but a factor in it mm-hmm. we we get to join yeah. like it's a it's a joining thing a similar you know it's funny <laughs> this representation always comes up you know uh of of god in the church is is a man and a woman right mm-hmm. it's this relationship this covenantal relationship and a lot of times the deepest desire in a woman and the deepest desire in the man is the in, in the man's heart is i really want a woman that'll come along to my story and my journey. Yeah. And then a woman's like, I want someone to swoop me up into adventure. And it's like so much that it's like, we're not necessarily supposed to create our own adventure, but walk in obedience to the one that was set in front of us. Yes. It's like, we didn't decide our attributes. We didn't decide our skill sets. We're not necessarily deciding like what the ultimate end to our mm. story is. Um, and we, like you said, when you ride this cycle of like figuring out, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this works, this doesn't work. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tuning in, tuning the guitar strings, yeah. for for instance, to this uh, good more pure form of who you were created to be. Like a lot of times I think back to when I was a kid, if I'm back into that same heart position I was as a kid with imagination and the, the activities I was interested in and the way that I saw the world, I know I'm pretty close to like living life in pureness. Yeah. And because like, I'm like, okay, God's, God didn't make something bad. 
So he he gave me a pure heart when I was a kid. Let me like return to that place. And so I think like returning to this place of man, this is we're looking at things too small. Like we're existing in the greatest story of all time. How can we join in with that and be a factor in the battle hmm. that that has already been laid out for us? Like we know the instructions. We can see what's going to happen. It's like okay, now let me position that. If if we're positioning ourselves of okay, this is the goal. This is where we're going to go. I think we're going to get disappointed whenever God's ultimate plan takes over instead of our own, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. No, that's that's so true. We One of the prayers I pray regularly for my company is, God, will you glorify Jesus through what we're doing? I want Jesus to be seen as beautiful. I want mm. him to be exalted through what we're doing. I don't know what that's going to look like. I know that God says, go forth, be fruitful and multiply. That was the first commandment. And so profitability is a measure of fruitfulness. Hmm. Growth and expansion is a measure of multiplication and fruitfulness. And so by, by virtue of, you mentioned providing for your family yeah, and, and just the reality of bills and responsibilities and like surviving those are those are structures that we can't avoid right and they discipline us mm. into proper relationship with God their pressures and their uh, structures will discipline us into proper alignment if we submit to them um, so same as we submit to those things as we submit to them under his leadership obviously, they're not the end all be all, um, but it will it will point us towards better service, more customers, growth, money. Like it will lead us and trend us in that direction. Mm-hmm. In every season, it, does God want your business to be profitable? Is that what He has for you? I don't know about every season, but I know the trend for. If you look at all believers over all time pursuing ventures, the more they walk in godliness, the more they're profitable, the more mm. they expand, the more they grow. There are wicked operations that grow and expand as well. This is the mystery of life. Yeah. But I think, yes, God wants you to be fruitful in the general sense, wants to be profitable in the general sense. And so can you give some like, like main factors, like, I don't know, a few that off the, you know, that stand out to you as why that's the case. Yeah. He is glorified when we're fruitful. Mm. Jesus also prays for us that we'd abide in the vine so that we would bear much fruit and that fruit would remain. That fruit can be making disciples that don't deny him that make other disciples like that is fruitfulness. But the fruitfulness for the thousand years, the thousands of years before that was you're growing in authority as a nation. Mm. Your plot of land is blessed. Your tent pegs are expanding. Like we, we see more storylines than just making disciples Mm. as measures of God's blessing and Jesus being glorified. So I don't think they trump making disciples, but I think they point to and will be 
like, you know, Jesus is going to tell stories. Almost every parable that he told was about money. That was the most popular topic Jesus talked about. In the whole New Testament, In the whole New Testament. He talks about money more than anything else. And so if we take this kind of weird Christian uh, aesthetic approach and say, I just want to be free from money. Mm. We're saying, I want to be free from discipleship. You're going nowhere. Yeah. You embrace the structure and the discipline and and the forces around money. And if you do that and walk in obedience to God's righteous statutes, you're going to trend towards godliness. You're going to trend towards looking more like Jesus. Mm. And so that's why I think pursuing profitability is a good aim. Because it teaches you, you have to learn the ways of money in order to achieve that. And in learning the ways of money, if you have ears that are open and eyes that can see, you're going to find the wisdom and the righteousness of God in that. Yeah. So, and his character in so many ways, God is infinitely rich. He always approaches us as extravagantly wealthy. And so if we walk around with a poverty mindset all the time, Mm. we cannot walk in the heart of the father. Because he's not poor. He doesn't have limited resources. And so when we start to walk in growth and, and like we are, our businesses and enterprise and our families are blessed in these different ways, it's a picture to the world and a reminder to us that this is what the father's like. Mm. This is a glimpse of what he is always like and, and a, a measure of what we always have available to us in the spirit in this age. So what indicators, like, I mean, I think money is a big one. You know, I, when, when we think about profiting, yeah, it seems like fairly biblical because like when you look at Proverbs, for instance, these like, I, I it was the letters to David's sons, right? Pretty sure. Most of them. I, I'm, I'm not super positive. Again, I'm not the scholar, but <laughs> yes, generally that wisdom passed down through David's family. Yes. And, uh, and there's like, it's a pretty one for one. You put in work, be diligent. You, you will see return the law of reaping and sowing and, and many that's, that's, there's different parables with mm-hmm. that. There's different ways that works. Um, so that seems spot on to me. What do you think are some indicators of fruitfulness of God's wealth that is many times looked over like like we can be really rich monetarily but be very poor in other aspects what do you think those aspects mm. are pro that <laughs> the hard questions yeah <laughs> he's rich in time mm. so when we and we are not yeah w- we are limited in time time is a limited resource for us but like God shows no partiality. And when we show no partiality, when we're generous with our time, when we uh, invest our time in areas where the world would say that isn't worth it, like we're walking in in the nature of God. Obviously, we're we're supposed to do this in obedience to the Spirit and in relationship and in step with the Spirit and also in the heart of God uh, with with the character of God. So it's not just being a contrarian, right? Like, ha I'm just going to do this because 
you guys aren't. <laughs> it's, yes. It's like banging your head against the wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when we give time to different, uh, dude, I was watching the West wing. Okay. I like the West wing. There's an episode where the president brings somebody in his office who wrote, uh, Franklin Roosevelt a letter when mm. he was a kid and the letter wow. got stuck in the mail or something and then made it there 60 years later. He brought the guy into his office, had lunch with him in the Oval Office. That is being generous in time like God's generous with us, that we always have a seat before him, that he shows no partiality. He doesn't give more time to the rich and powerful, but all of us can have his attention and his focus. And so that's like the more we grow in responsibility and the less time we have free time, sure. the more valuable, the more opportunities we have to allot that time like the father would allot that yeah. time. It seems like th what you said with the West Wing is kind of a representation of what we've been talking about as well. It, your, your diligence in pursuing something doesn't necessarily end up with the way you thought it was. Like I'm sure that kid was not like, oh, well, 60 years from now, I'm going to end up in the White House. It was yeah. like, I hope that he writes back or something. And it's like sometimes we're just hoping that someone writes back when in the end, God really wants us to, to come in person. Yes. You know, it's like. Dude, we want God's sovereignty. We don't want our control. Mm. We need his sovereignty. Yeah. Because if we were left to our own controlling abilities and our our tendency to try to manipulate situations, we are going to end up so disappointed, so broken, so empty, and, and angry and hurtful at the, like, just the the chaos that we have around us we would be in a total mess i'm so thankful for god's sovereignty yeah. over our situation that he's always working things together for our good in spite of our <laughs> directions yeah. yeah so with that being said what what's your like best pitch for the non-believer you know i'm sure you you work with you know other companies tons they're all different in dynamic it's not uh, it's all different. It's not not every company is uh, as Christ centered mm. or as uh, stuck in the Word and in and in uh, what would you say a brotherhood as you guys. Um, wh why if their if their business is working and they got the house, they got the kids, they got the cars, they got the distinguishment and all this stuff. Yeah. Why even change anything? Yeah, <laughs> I would say my my pitch to them, the, the vice that I think so many people are in, the yoke of oppression that so many successful people have on them is come and rest. Mm. Come and rest for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Take a breath. Yeah. Mm. You don't have to fight for everything. You have a father who wants to provide for you. Even in the midst of great folly and turning your back against him, the, the story of the prodigal son, he wants to embrace you and provide for you and show you generosity so you can be fr like you can be free from the grind. You can mm -hmm. be free from the, the weight of controlling your own destiny. Come and be free. Mm -hmm. that's, my, that's my pitch to the, the, the entrepreneur that doesn't know Jesus or that isn't aware of what Jesus offers for that, that heart. Mm. 
that just brings peace to me. I don't even know if I've heard it that way. Jesus. Right? Set us free from right? the grind. Yeah. Remind us mm. that we're children, that we're provided for, that we don't have, we can't and we don't have to make it all work out. Mm. That you are our provider, that you provide for the sparrow, you clothe the flowers of the field. We can literally take our riches, take what we're trusting in. We can give it away and you're going to provide for us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I don't know why I feel led to do this right now, but just the, the word amen kind of being like the most you can agree with someone. Mm-hmm. This like, I agree with you to the most extent. And I think like, like even that like gets me passionate. Yes. Cause it's like, I grew up not knowing what that word meant. So it's how you close out prayer. It's how just, you hang up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, but it means so much more. Yeah. And I, you know, kind of like venturing more into like the word and its impact on our lives. I think not only just reading the word, but seeking to understand the word. It, it f- blesses us in many ways. Like even, you know, spending a lot of time with our buddy Josh and hearing his wisdom you know, and, and with every teacher, you take away your own things, which I have some stuff to talk to you about, about you and I, like some wisdom that you brought me that I might not have heard at first, but have heard now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just getting to understand what the Bible is saying, like, and recognizing that this isn't just a book that I can get some sound wisdom from. Jesus wasn't just a moral teacher. You know, it's like C.S. Lewis says, either Jesus was a lunatic or a liar. There's no in-between. Mm. You know, there's no good, great moral teacher. It's just, there. there's no way. Yeah. And, uh, uh, or he's God, right? The yeah. third option, right? I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, lunatic, liar. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but understanding that the Bible is this, uh, this lens-shifting narrative that was set before us for us to be able to tune in with the consciousness of God in our daily lives and see that our lives are a bigger story that this existence we're we're in isn't just about 100 years living on earth it's about this story that's been playing out ever since and to know that we can contribute to that that has made my passion for podcasts, my passion for entrepreneurship, my passion for conversation and and and, and people and relationship, uh, so much sweeter, so much uh, uh, more worth it, yeah. more genuine, because it's like, gosh, I'm I'm not I'm not in a hurry anymore, you know. It's in a hurry to do everything, pack in everything you can in a hundred years. That's all you got. Yeah, and you're stepping on people. Mm. to get there along the way but the opportunity that jesus says or offers us is you don't have to work to provide for yourself Mm. you you don't have to work to earn that thing or worry yeah you don't have to worry i'm going to take care of it you now get to live from a place of overflow and take your gift and build Mm. my kingdom with your gift instead of yeah 
build the thing that's going to provide for you. And if it falls, then you die. Well, yeah. And if you like put that in an earthly perspective, a lot of times uh, people get mad at, at, at kids that were well off that become successful businessmen because they're not worrying of, like they're not constantly in this poverty mindset of yeah. where am I going to get my meal? I need to secure this. Like that's all I care about, but they can take more risks. They can move because they're secure. They know that their father will provide. And so that like as Christians, we have even a, a much higher, a million times of insurance than that. Like, Hey, you will be fed. You will be, uh, you'll be okay. Like, this uh, in the beginning of my dating process with my girlfriend like god spoke to me through the wind but it wasn't even about her it was about hey man look around you got trees around you the leaves are falling there's water there's a stream yeah. you're in a hammock everything's gonna be okay you know like what are you worried about you're creating your own like problems right now yep yep my old coach would say, hey, you have to win in the six-inch gym. Mm -hmm. You can't win out there if you don't win in the six-inch gym. And so many of our problems are in the six-inch. <laughs> six inches between our right ear and our left ear. Yeah. You know? Like, we... I love... That's so funny. We just make up our own problems. And it's, it's so true, man. There's a beautiful truth that we get to live in because of Jesus. And, and because he made a way for us to live in a new life instead of be subject to this this death that is all around us and it's by believing the truth mm. that we get to enjoy it and it's lies that keep us from enjoying it mm. and keep us walking in brokenness so that's just that's funny i think that's probably why there's this like movement of these people doing van life or getting out into nature more living in nature more like overland with jeeps and four-wheel drive vehicles and uh, living nomadically because it's like this i need peace and silence and they even if they don't know the lord they're automatically drawn to this wonder of the original the original mm. creation yeah and i i honestly feel like sometimes like the biggest top ceos like i tweak a few things and they're a van life person like it's like you know a lot of times with entrepreneurs innovators it's like you have a switch and this switch turns on or it turns off it's like you're going full tilt you're innovating or it's like you know you need to get out of the game you need to, you yeah. need to go away and i've had that temptation for myself i'm like hey i just you know and i do see myself traveling to different places and stuff um but i see it being more balanced than i thought in the originally like i think a lot of it sometimes it's like running you know it's running from society because honestly it's gross but how are we going to be the light of the world if we're not in the world yeah. if we're running from it and so i think there really needs to be a balance in that way because if you're just zipping off to the middle of nowhere you're not impacting anybody you're not talking to anybody you're not bringing anybody to what you'd hold so dear which is this eternal assurance of life yeah that's really what it is and uh yeah, touch on that a little Bro, bit. I mean, I know you have Let something. me let me ask you a question, okay? <laughs> this one you get to answer. Okay. Paul says, I've found the secret to having plenty and having lack. You already know the answer to the secret? He says, mm -hmm. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. I found the secret to contentment in blessing, abounding, and abasing. Mm. The secret is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that mean? Why does that breed contentment in wealth and in lack? Like, what is that? Mm. I would assume that it's this... It's outside of circumstances. It's between the six inches, really. It's this place of like, I know that God, God, I know that your reality, your eternal purposes, your love for me is greater than my love for myself. This, your love transcends the now and the then. You know, it transcends the hungry, transcends the, the uh the lust of of wealth yeah you know i i would assume that's what it means <laughs> but uh i'm sure you have a little deeper to go. i mean <laughs> i i'm mystified by it often i'm like this is how i'm content with not having enough and then having all that i could want yeah that i can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like that's the verse that you quote when, you know, stuff's going bad Yeah. or when you need to like get the breakthrough. But like, right. I don't know, maybe, maybe saying like there's a, there's nothing that can stop right. the believer, the son or daughter of God from being all that God has called them to be, to maximize the potential of their life nothing can stop yeah. it. And I think a lot of time that that verse or that, you know, series of verses is taken out of context because people are like, oh, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me so I can squat 400 pounds. And it's like, no, that verse is about contentment. It's about being content with your abilities. Yeah. Not like I can do, like, yeah, so, I don't know. But, uh, okay, I guess, like, throughout this conversation, we've kind of danced around it. But, not exactly, but uh, does God want my business to profit? Will God allow it to profit? Will he make my business profitable? Yeah, I would say in the general sense, yes. I think you should operate <laughs> your business ventures, operate in your business ventures as believing that God wants to profit it. Because why would you even try if God was not for you in that? And we right. know, you know, we talked about the fruitfulness aspect. We talk about Jesus' parables about money, how he uh, spoke like he exalted the uh, shrewd servant, the, mm. the, the wicked or the wicked servant who went around and collected debts and made friends with himself, even though he knew he was going to lose his job because he was terrible at his job. Jesus praised that guy. You know, there, there's a certain element of, of, using our resources to make more opportunity that is in the heart of God. Mm. So yes, I think we should always operate with knowing that truth that God wants to prosper us, that God wants our businesses to be profitable. I think we also have to walk with the reality as something that supersedes that, mm. which is God's going to make all things work together for my good as a disciple of Jesus, as somebody who's being continually conformed into the image of Jesus, mm. not into the image of myself, <laughs> my ultimate, excuse me, my ultimate self, 
we're being conformed to the image of Jesus. Mm. So question, is that, is business profitability a good enough reason to become Christian? Like if I'm not Christian and I want my business to be more profitable, is it okay to become a Christian, start following Jesus because I want profit? Is that okay? So case in point, (laughs) Peter and John go into a city and they're preaching and this sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer, is in the city and he makes a lot of money by fortune telling. He sees the power on these guys' lives and he says, Mm. how can I buy that? What do I have to pay you for you to give me that power? And Peter ripped this guy a new one. (laughs) Like he said, you're full of the guile of bitterness. Mm. Like repent and you'll, you, you may be spared. Like, right. He ripped this guy. It's worse than you think. (laughs) (laughs) So not the right motivation to come to Jesus, but look what that guy received. He may have got ripped a new one, but he received the word that he needed to set his heart free. Mm. So come to Jesus. Yeah. If you come to him with wrong motivations, which all of us do, we're going to get rebuked. We're going to get adjusted. We're going to get course corrected in kindness and in love with the appropriate measure at the right time to adjust us. But yeah. But it, say, it, it will lead us to abundance, just maybe not in the way that we wanted or intended or thought it was going to happen. Yeah. So it may... You, you may be looking for money, but you may have get a strengthened marriage out of it. Yeah. It'll always lead to a prosperous soul. Mm. And many times it will lead to a prosperous bank account or a <laughs> prosperous, fruitful business thing. Mm. What you do with that, you'll be held accountable for. Right. But. Yeah. Faithfulness in the kingdom, doing things in the kingdom way leads towards fruitfulness and profit. Because there is a responsibility to it. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what comes with the Christian walk. It's like you gain responsibility. Yeah. You, you lose the burden of whatever you said, this oppression, this spirit of oppression. Yeah. But you gain responsibility. And th- what you have to do with that is just keep defaulting it to Jesus. Like, here, like, don't allow me to hold this responsibility, but allow, I recognize the responsibility. I want to give you the ability to, to help yeah. carry that. Yeah. One of the parables he, he tells is the, the parable where he leaves at the master of the house leaves and leaves a portion with each of these servants and they come back and they say, Hey, you gave me five. I made you five more. I doubled your investment, financial terminology, mm. profitability, fruitfulness. Like it's expected of us. What that, gold means what that money means in that parable isn't always dollars and cents but like god expects a return on Mm. what he's invested in each one of us and the skill sets and so it's our responsibility to disciple our skills to like move towards excellence and move towards you know uh honing these skills so they're potent and powerful Mm. and bring return money is a uh, profitability is a measure or a sign yeah. that something has been honed 
or improved or is made valuable in the marketplace. You're, you're adding value to other people's lives. So you're getting tokens of their life mm. money. It, what, what it made me think of was there's a new movie out called Tenet. I don't know if you've seen it. I saw it. It's, it's <laughs> bomb. legit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did you know that's Denzel Washington's son? No way. Right. Now, what was your reaction by hearing that? Makes sense, right? He doesn't look like Denzel. But he's a great actor. Yeah. Which makes sense. He's also a lot more physical than Denzel in his movies. Not that Denzel wasn't physical, but I heard extremely high praise of this guy's acting in terms of his physicality oh, as an actor. like doing his own stunts. Yeah. Mm. The stuff that was required to make this role work. Mm. Mm. Anyway, keep going where my, you're going. My point, <laughs> <laughs> my point is it makes, it fits, like if you found out, he, if he didn't do a great job and he was Denzel Washington's son, you'd be like, oh, dang. But now that you he did a great job and you know he, he was excellent in what he did and you found out he was Denzel Washington's son, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense. That's his father. Mm. That's how we are. It makes sense. Yes. Because that's our father, the father of abundance. Denzel Washington. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's that's quotable right there. That's good. Dude, uh, Caleb, I, I want to bring you in here. Do you have any questions? I know you have always have insight. Um, do you have any questions for Mr. Cool, cool guy here? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think one thing we could discuss and talk about is um, how does this relate to things like the term prosperity gospel? Because I feel yeah. like that's something that gets thrown a lot around a lot. Whereas people like, oh, that's prosperity gospel. So you can't, so God blessing you financially can't be a thing. Mm. Um, so what would you say to that? If that makes sense. Yeah. It seems like this, uh, like one way or another, we, we often flip to the other side of the coin and be a complete contrarian instead right. of like finding really where, like if you talk about investing, like a lot of, uh, I, I've read a lot of investment books and just how to think in that mindset. It's like, if the market never really does what everybody says it's going to do, but it never does the complete opposite either because there's always people that just run to the complete opposite. It's somewhere in between on the clock. Yeah, It's somewhere in between 12 and 6, you know? And, uh, and so I feel like many times as Christians, especially we jump from one belief to one belief, keep flipping and flipping when it's in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's always in the middle. Yeah. It's always a balance of it. Yeah. I think... Prosperity gospel sells a bill of goods that says the highest aim in this life is to be upper middle class. Mm. And if you can be upper middle class, if God wants you to be upper middle class, you are going to arrive. And that's not the, and, and they take the nature and the pattern and, and, things that are true about God and they point to, hey, those things lead you to this place. And in some circumstances, they do. In many circumstances, they do. But that's not the full gospel. You're selling people short of what the real reward is, which is eternal life. You will not die. 
forever. Like your body, you'll go to sleep, but eternally you will live with God in his kingdom under his government, his righteous rule in a physical world with the same physical dynamics that we have in this age without the curse of sin. And not only will we experience it then, but his love is poured out into our hearts even now Mm. by the Holy Spirit because Jesus's blood paid for it and the curtain was torn and now we have access to this. That is the end, the chief end reward. That's the chief reward of the gospel. It's mm-hmm. not upper middle class. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Right. You may scale up and down the class structure. As Paul said, I've, I learned the secret of abounding and abasing. No. So <laughs> you, you'll go all over the structure, I'm sure. But it doesn't change your internal inheritance. Yes. All throughout the journey, you'll be stepping closer and tasting more as you daily submit to his leadership in your life and daily press into that relationship. Because if we'd sell prosperity gospel as the end all be all this uh, upper middle class, then when we go there and then we're not there anymore one day, well, is God who he says he is? Yeah. Because, but, but is God that good. But the problem is God never said that. <laughs> yeah, and he's so much better than that. Yeah. So the, much better. The beautiful thing is, yes, um, in the kingdom he will bless us. Blessings are important, and that's part of his nature as a good father, a good God who's very faithful to us. Mm. But what's amazing is that's not the end. That's not mm-hmm. the goal. The goal is eternity with him. The goal is. Um, reaching the lost and winning souls over for the kingdom and rejoicing in his love for all of eternity. Yes. Yeah. Mm. His kingdom come. Mm. His will be done. Jesus being exalted. Yes. Jesus being famous. Those are the greater pleasures. They're so much greater than upper middle class. (laughs) So much greater than the promotion. So much greater than being the boss. All of those things, that increased wealth comes with increased responsibility. It's not what you think it is. Mm. If we want to carry more (laughs) responsibility, we're going to be judged higher. We have to have more internal fortitude. We have to have more grace on our life to walk those things out well and continue to be his disciples, continue to be his image bearers in this age and look like him in the way that we carry power and authority. And it's the exact same way in regards to leadership. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm currently reading uh, the book of Timothy right now, which if you guys don't know, Timothy is an amazing book where it's essentially Paul teaching um, Timothy how to be a leader, how to be a leader in the Mm. church. And so what he continually states is you need to be upright. You need to um, be responsible. You need to always um, not just be appearing good, but be good and be righteous mm. so that you don't cause others to stumble. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about, Stefan, with that responsibility that is that we often don't think about, but is so important. So I feel like it's often, oh, I want more. I want to be a leader or I want to be rich or whatever it may be. 
but we need to remember that those come with responsibilities of God bringing you higher and moving to glory, to glory, to glory, yeah. becoming more Christ-like. Yeah, the freedom we think that uh, money and opportunity is going to give us at a heart level, at a soul level, that freedom is not true. That's counterfeit. Like that freedom is available today. Nothing can get in the way of it. It's in the six inch gym. It is mm. believing the truth and seeing things, seeing the world through the eyes that, that the Bible offers us. And yeah, Timothy was receiving that instruction from, from Paul. And Paul was like, you need to see this world rightly. And he's encouraging him, honing his worldview. That's super encouraging. So what is the first step to finding that kind of freedom? You know, my first step is always humbling myself before God and saying, God, will you show me? Hmm. Asking him. This is a relationship. We can go right to the word and say, oh, I, man, I need to spend more time in the word. Man, I need to know this. I need to memorize these scriptures and believe this truth. Yes, that is a way that we can receive. But the dynamic that God has invited us into is to ask and receive. Hmm. So... I always start with asking if I am not seeing if I'm not walking in the, in the way I want to walk in terms of righteousness or I'm struggling in this area. My first prayer is God, help me, help me walk in this way because I know the power comes from him. I know the ability comes from him and it's not in me. Hmm. Hmm. Man, man, oh man. Oh man. Fun conversation, bro. Yes. I'm encouraged. Yes. I'm stirred up. Yes. If you ever want to say amen in a funny way, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Uh, oh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, bro, well, dude, this is amazing. Bro, thanks for inviting me in, making space to have a conversation. Yeah. What, what, what's, I know you got, I know you got something else. What's in what's in there? What do the people need to know? What do I need to know? You know, I think a lot of people struggle with loneliness um, in their pursuit of their destiny. You know, they talk with their friends about it and their friend talks them down. They talk to their parents about it, their parents talk them down. And you get in, in this mentality of me versus the world. And that that's a lie and a trap of the enemy. Like, Going back to sort of God's wealth, his his posture of and, and position of wealth and resource. If God's for us, who can be against us? If God's speaking this thing, if, if we believe that he's put these desire, desires in our hearts, we need to guard ourselves against voices that that would that we would interpret as diluting our destiny or diluting our potential or diluting our uh our hopes for glory in him in his kingdom um these people may have right points they there may be things to learn from their points but something we shouldn't receive is the i can't do it mm. and it's not about like i can get my phd or i can squat 400 pounds it's, it's deeper, it's, it's going to the deeper desire of the heart and saying, 
I'm not going to say that God won't meet me here. Mm. I'm not going to say it's not possible. I'm not going to give up hope, but I'm going to press in even amidst, uh, you know, yeah, amidst tribulation, amidst other voices that would tempt me to, to not believe that God has a good thing for me. Um, and, and that can make people feel really lonely in that space and feel really like beaten down. And that's not, Paul says, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Paul felt powerful. He did some scary things. He went into places where he was literally terrified mm. to go in there. With, with fear and trembling, he entered some of these cities to preach the gospel because he knew what was awaiting him. But he says, my the attitude I have in my heart is that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Not because... Mm. I graduated, not because I've got this IQ or this skill set, but because the spirit of God is inside of me and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to submit to less than what he has spoken over me, less than what is my inheritance as a son. Mm. So I would definitely encourage entrepreneurs or, or people, anybody looking at and asking the question, who am I? What? am I supposed to do in life? Don't dilute your destiny or your calling because other people don't want to go out there and believe with you. Yeah. You know, own the desire of your heart and pray it back to him and let it be strengthened by the notion that God is for me. God is putting these desires in my heart. Again, we need to filter out what is flesh, what is spirit. And as we pray those things to him, he'll filter them and he'll make it clear. It's He's the disciple or he's the shepherd. But as we continue to bring it before him and believe that we can have glorious adventure in this life in his kingdom and in relationship with him, like it creates possibility. Mm. It opens the door. That, that faith opens things in our lives. And so the enemy wants us to dilute and turn down and water down so that we don't do anything. You know, we take our talent and we bury it in the ground because we're afraid of our master. Mm. Mm. Let that soak in a little bit, folks. Some good stuff. That's some good stuff. All right, Stefan. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, that hits me hard, that advice, because, you know, someone that has great passion and great ambition, big things, and heard a lot of the things my whole life of, you know, even when I was a kid, oh, I want to be an inventor. Like, back then, like, now kids say that kind of stuff all the time, and it's, like, embraced, like, but they they say, like, I, there was even a kid in Kingdom Kids uh, a few months ago that was, like, uh, no, I don't want to be an inventor, and to me, that was, like, the most pinnacle thing that you thought of as a kid. He's, like, no, he didn't want to put himself in a box, Cause he knew the possibility of everything <laughs> like seriously. Uh, but That's to, cool. when I was a kid, that was like, that was the most freeing no box answer that you yeah. could have. And like going through my life, being a dyslexic innovator, like there's a lot of times where it's like, hmm, are you sure? Are you sure you should just, you know, go do it go do what I've done. You know, what normal people do. So that's really encouraging to hear yeah. that. So 
and I'm sure it's encouraging for a lot of other people. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Um, would you like to pray us out, bless this episode? Yeah. And uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up. God, thank you for modeling the creator for us. Thank you for modeling the adventurer. Mm. Thank you for modeling the entrepreneur. Thank you that you have invited us in, made a place for us, and opened a way for us by the blood of your precious son for us to enter an eternally wealthy family. God, help us understand what it means. Help us be discipled by our circumstances. Help us be discipled by the rigors of business and money and the challenges and pressures that they bring. Help us find you. Lord, I pray that you would give dreams and confirmations of people's destinies, of people's callings and assignments, um, that you would honor and bring to light and, and refine the desires of our heart, the deep desires that you placed inside of us, God. I pray for hope. I pray for awakening and encouragement that we would be bold, that we would press in for fruitfulness. They would press in for uh, true fruitfulness in the kingdom, knowing that you are for us and nobody can be against us if you are for us, God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks again, brother. Yeah, bro. Anytime. See you later, guys. Adios. We will uh, see you Thursday with Hope Dobson. It's coming up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs>